0: I think a lot of people don't even pitch themselves. They don't even get started, you know, so there's not even a chance to be rejected. And so I think a lot of people feel like they need to go from zero to Oprah, you know, and like they need to wait until their website is ready and all of that. But there is really like a big power in starting small and also just like reminding yourself why you're doing it. And a lot of times we're really like focusing on what's wrong with us versus what is our message and what is the impact that we
1: want to create in the world. Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club.
2: If you've ever wondered how you're going to get more publicity for your business, I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Selena Su is a publicity and marketing strategist for visionary entrepreneurs, experts, and authors who want to reach millions with their message. She's helped clients and students get featured in places like O, The Oprah Magazine, Forbes, and Inc., and land interviews on popular podcasts and national TV. Many of Selena's clients have become industry leaders with six and seven figure businesses, raving fan bases, and hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm so excited to dive in learn more about how you got into publicity. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me, Shannon. I'm so happy to be here. So let's just start at the beginning. How did you get into publicity? What made you decide, this is what I'm going to do?
0: absolutely so when i was in my mid 20s i had this quarter life crisis where i was just at this all time low i didn't have much self esteem i had trouble getting out of bed in the mornings trouble going to work just things felt very dark for me and it got so bad that my mom had to fly all the way from vancouver canada to new york just to be by my side to be there with me as i got out of bed put on my clothes she would like join me on the subway basically like taking me to work like i was this little girl and I I remember saying to a friend, you know, I, I just don't want to keep going on this way. I need to feel better. Is there anyone that you can introduce me to? And that's when I learned about this female life coach and her um, in-person group coaching program. So I'd meet with a group of women, you know, every Wednesday night, and in that group coaching format, I got introduced to all these different um, books, you know, experts, authors, and I remember thinking, wow, you know, when people like myself are struggling, we're not just looking for more information. We're really looking for inspiration. I think there's nothing more inspiring than a person um, that embodies like this bigger message of possibility, right? Like a role model, essentially, um, because you know we need you know not just information, but we need that inspiration to see that someone has come out of the other side of a challenging situation. Um, And I would ask my friends about, you know, do you know these people? And they just did not know who any of these incredible people are. And, you know, I just find that there's so many people that have like the most important, you know, message, story, product that could change someone's life, but they are that best kept secret. And so that really got me passionate about helping people really elevate their brand and message and making sure more people knew about their amazing work.
2: That's so beautiful. You like found a little diamond in the rough or a couple of diamonds. Yes. <laughs> nobody knew about and you, I love that your reaction to that was this changed my life. More people need to hear it and I'm going to figure out a way to get this out more. So I actually kind of feel like you're a talent scout in a way too. That's a really makes a lot of sense to me, but I don't it's not the first thing that I think I would have done. So really cool that you were in because of the tr- personal transformation you had you mm-hmm. realize the impacts that the publicity could have yes. on someone's message. So how did that go from reading? I'm probably oversimplifying mm-hmm. here, but reading self-help books to yeah. you know, becoming a publicist.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, even though I'm naturally introverted, I would say that I am definitely a go getter. And I just got so excited. I wanted the whole world to know about these people. And um, I lived in New York City at the time. I was on email lists of different people. So, I would just like respond to the emails. I would, um, you know, connect them to different people, whether they're in the media or other influential entrepreneurs that they should know. I would invest in myself and go to events and meetups and sign up for. And build relationships with some of these experts. And um, over time, as I really helped facilitate a lot of amazing media opportunities, you know, the people that I admired from afar saw me as like the top person. Um, And it was like surreal. And so that kind of gave me the confidence to ultimately start my own business. And um, because I've been helping so many people, you know, they were so eager to give me like a testimonial from day one or tell people about me. So I kind of had that high end brand. In addition, Pretty early on, I started getting publicity for myself. So I had all those media logos, plus I had all these testimonials from like these household name people in my industry. So um, I started with a bang.
2: I want to back up here because you did some really smart things okay. <laughs> I mean, to to get testimonials and to help people for free that are in influential positions. I think sometimes... When we're starting a new business, right? We say, oh, I have to, you know, I need to make money. I have to get dollars in the door. But you did something. I think that was even smarter. You got that credibility and clout from who other people would be looking to, right? So instead of going to those people and pitching your services to them, you just help them for free.
0: Well, I didn't even have a business. So there was nothing (laughs) at the time. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I want to connect you to this person or I have this idea for you. Um, So it was really very organic. Um, Yeah, I didn't even like, I didn't really like map it out in that particular way, but I just kept on building relationships and showing up. And I think that, you know, I think it's okay for us to have like goals or intentions or ideas of how we can create women collaborations. But I also think that people can feel maybe if someone is coming in in an overly strategic way, you know, because with a lot of big influential people, like someone always wants something from them and not everyone is a safe person. But I think that people, those people could just tell that it was coming from just such a genuine heart centered place. And it allowed me to build like a very, you know, real relationship um, which ended up, you know, like benefiting me because the thing is, when you give generously to someone, like that creates a cycle where someone naturally wants to give back in some way that feels good for them.
2: I completely agree. I think one of the best things I did long before I did business coaching was I just gave advice to friends. Yeah. <laughs> and that turned into, like you said, those, those testimonials. And then you're, when you are ready to, okay, I, I'm actually good at this. I've proven it works. I've proven I'm helping people. Now, how do I turn it into a business instead of saying, well, who's going to pay me for it and kind of coming at it in that way? You've already proved it's something you're good at, right? Mm-hmm. You were able to get them results. It was something you enjoy doing. So now, how do you go from doing this for free for fun to turning into a business? Yeah, that is a good question because I love what
0: I do so much. Like I don't really... You know, I I don't consider myself to be someone who is like money hungry or even enjoys like sales conversations that much. It's just like, how can I help someone? Um, But how did I do it? So basically, I joined a mastermind. I met a bunch of women in New York and they all had these successful six figure businesses. And I wasn't quite sure how to do it for myself. I had one PR client at the time. And it just wasn't an ideal client relationship and it made me not want more clients and I was just getting very drained, even though I technically would have had the capacity to bring on many more clients to support. And so I started working with this business coach. And I developed publicity coaching services and, you know, where I was really advising people on the strategy. And then from there, I developed my own mastermind because I love creating events and bringing people together and just like having, um, you know, all these entrepreneurs in the room with all of my media contests, because then they can create those like organic, natural relationships beyond just like pitching someone over email. And so, yeah, I created a mastermind. The mastermind that I joined was a lot of money. It was... which is kind of crazy. That was like my first, you know, serious like business coaching investment. Um, But then that also gave me the confidence to create my own mastermind. Like now I know what it's like and the benefit of being in one. So my first mastermind was six months and it was $9,500. And it included one-on-one coaching calls with me and in-person events where we would meet the media together and there'd be like live coaching and they would connect with each other and group calls. So that was kind of like my first big premium offer that like allowed me to leverage and scale my business. Um, And then from there, I created a year long mastermind, which was then $24,000. And then I continued to create like new masterminds. Um, So yeah, I would say hiring a coach was the biggest game changer for me.
2: I love how creative you are because there's so many people that are in this position, right? They have one-on-one clients that aren't the ideal clients or they're exhausted and burnt out. And it can be easy. I've been in this position. It can be easy to say, I don't, this isn't fun, right? This is hard. It's exhausting. I don't like that. What used to be so fun for me is now the thing that I don't ever even want to look at, right? But instead of seeing that as your only path, which i think is the traditional path. I've actually never even heard of a publicity mastermind. You you saw somebody else doing something in a similar niche and you said, "Hey, okay, so i don't like doing it in a one-on-one setting, but i have all these cool contacts. I like making events and you kind of just piecemeal the things that you're good at." I mean, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, into okay, this is the pro- the product and just trying it. How did you as a new newish entrepreneur, how did you have I remember when I sold my first $10,000 product and yeah. asking for $10,000 was was a lot. It's You get past it, but initially it can be a hard ask. How did you feel confident in especially a new product going out there and asking for the money? And maybe what advice would you give to entrepreneurs in that position?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was terrible at sales in the beginning <laughs> it was just uncomfortable I just knew how to help people for free really um, but when I joined that business coaching mastermind um, I got access to special trainings to learn how to do sales conversations there were sales conversation scripts and then I also had to practice with friends and like the first couple of times I mean it was terrible and then they would give me feedback and so I would get better and better and then as you start to do more calls like you get a sense of like well what pe- what gets people really excited and you know you just become better by doing so it definitely took me a while um but also uh, I was creating something that people really wanted and because I was so good at building my brand through publicity and also all of the influencer relationships I had created um, when people got on the phone with me they already wanted to work with me they were hoping that they would have a spot so like
2: you know that did make things easier for sure That's so interesting. I can definitely relate. And I think that's something that people miss out on in their sales process. If you haven't really built that. I I call it credibility and clout. What would you call it in publicity? No,
0: it's credibility. And that's one of the top reasons. Like there's no kind of credibility that compares to being in the media. So yes, yeah. You want people to like already be pre-sold, right? Into working, holding you in this high regard.
2: And it's something that you can get that isn't a testimonial. It doesn't, I mean, a lot of times you can get publicity for free or cheap, right? To be able to have something that is in your back pocket every single person, no matter how early their businesses can get publicity and have that leg up. Why would you even get in the sales call right before having Mm -hmm. that already? So I think that's really, really smart. Okay. So then what happened next? I know you built it into a seven figure business. So what, how did you go from running masterminds to that seven figure mark? And what were really the biggest obstacles along the way for you with that?
0: Yeah, um, the way I scaled my business was through um, online courses. So, with masterminds, and you know, they range in size, but typically, like, masterminds will have like 10, maybe 20 people, and you can make a lot of money. You can make, you know, multiple six figures, Um, but to scale to seven figures, like, I needed to have something different. And so, I decided to create a course, and my coach at the time actually advised me to keep it to like a thousand dollars, make it a three. Three month course um, or three month program. And then, you know, have to to do all the marketing for it. And when I started to think about it, I was like, okay, like it's going to take me at least three months to put together the marketing. It's going to take me three months to fulfill the course. So that's going to be like a six month, Process and she only wants me to charge a thousand dollars. And she told me my goal should be ten students in my first course. So I'm like ten thousand dollars. That's like less than half of what I make with just one person in the mastermind. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do it for a thousand dollars. I'm going to do my first course for three thousand dollars. And um, I learned from um, you know a me- another a different mentor of mine how to create an online course. And I remember when I opened up doors we actually ended up having 30 plus people join us. So I actually made over a hundred thousand versus making like 10,000. And so I knew that I was on to something, um, And, and, you know, the cool thing is because I've been running that publicity mastermind, I was getting a sense of, like, what were people's, like, roadblocks when it came to publicity? Some of the roadblocks that they have might not be roadblocks that I have. um, Or different people have different struggles, and it's great to see, like, what is most consistent. And so that was almost – running the mastermind was almost like market research um, for developing my PR course. So I actually – um, Pause the mastermind when I launched my PR course. I had to give it like my full attention. It's called Impacting Millions. And that's been the main thing that we have really focused on. So we've had, you know, thousands of people go through the program. And, you know, it's just so exciting because I think that, you know, for our entrepreneurs, we have to know how to get people excited about our work. We have to know how to build buzz. And I definitely think there's a time and a place to hire a publicist, um, if it makes sense for your business. But you still want to have a skill set. And oftentimes, you know, if you hire a publicist, you're going to be co-creating and collaborating with them. You should be giving your input. You should know what you want. Um, so I just love giving people these tools. And um, yeah. It's amazing. And in terms of publicity, just to even make sure that I'm clear about what I'm talking about, you know, it's different kinds. It's, you know, everything from traditional media like magazines, TV and newspapers, but also the new media like being on podcasts or having an opportunity with an influencer where they have you speak on their virtual stage or to their mastermind group or membership site. But these opportunities basically to really like leverage your message and be endorsed by someone that has built or, or a brand that's built that no like, and trust factor. Um, so, So yeah, I love helping people get their dream publicity opportunities.
2: Something so interesting you said there, we talk about this at CEO school, the first, we call it the first 100 rule that you should onboard every single one of your first 100 customers, understand every single problem they have, every single, so that you can really take it to scale because if you can take it take a hundred people through this really well, then you can scale it. And you did that with your mastermind, right? You took these yeah. people through, you saw all the obstacles that they were having, the wins they were having, so that you could then create it in a course environment, which I think is very smart. Something that we we definitely recommend as well. Okay. Very cool. Massive, massive congrats, first of all. We just brushed over this. But everything that you just <laughs> did, launching a mastermind and courses, I mean, this is very difficult. We teach how to do this in CEO school and for you to do it, you know, without a background in... Actually, what was your background before you got into publicity? Yeah. So
0: I studied women's studies in college. Um, cool. But I also went to business school later,
2: and I studied marketing. But Matt, I mean, that's a big milestone to the 2% Club. We're, We're big fans of that over here, and I think massive congrats. Okay, so for our entrepreneurs that are, maybe they're running a startup, they're just getting started, they don't have the money to pay somebody on retainer monthly, what, can you walk us through, what are the biggest steps you would say to start getting publicity in your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that—and um, actually, I didn't fully address your question around the biggest challenges—but it's dealing with our, you know, our mindset and our fears because I think a lot of people don't even pitch themselves, they don't even get started, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's not even a chance to be rejected. And so I think a lot of people feel like they need to go from zero to Oprah, you know, and like they need to wait until their website is ready and all of that. But there is really like a big power in starting small and also just like reminding yourself while you're doing it. So people often be like, oh, you know, my website's not great, or I need to lose weight before I do these interviews, or I don't Mm -hmm. think I'm this or that. And a lot of times we're really like focusing on what's wrong with us versus what is our message and what is the impact that we want to create in the world. And so when I will do interviews or you know any kind of publicity opportunity, I just remind myself like shift the focus away from me. To the people that I'm looking to serve. And if I showed up generously and I added value and I gave them tools and strategies to move forward in their business and life, then I did a good job. So I would say that, you know, just kind of recognizing, are there ways that you like hold yourself back from even getting started? So that would be like number one is like addressing your fears.
2: That's such a good reminder too, because especially as women, we all do this, right? Like, what Mm -hmm. are people thinking about me? What do they say about me? That example you gave of, am I too fat? Is my website not ready? Like that really, I think those are very real fears, but the minute you flip it to the people that you're helping, that just goes away. It doesn't matter anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, so once you're clear on that, you also need to get clear on like exactly why you want publicity for your business. Um, for some people, maybe their business model is working with a small group of elite clients. And if that's the case, if you only have the capacity to serve 10 or 20 clients, well, then you want to make sure that, you know, you're attracting the right people to your business versus just anyone. Or maybe you're someone that really wants to impact the masses and you want to get a book deal. Well, if that's the case, you want to get a lot of media and you want to show that you have that, the you know, ability to break into Mainstream media to sell book, which is going to be a lower cost product than say, like you were mentioning, like a ten thousand dollars you know coaching program, right? Versus like a twenty dollars book. So there is going to be different places that you want to be seen. Um, or if you are selling an online course, you know podcasts are really great because people listen to podcasts to learn and grow and improve themselves, and that's the exact type of person that you want to be serving in a course. So getting really clear on what your exact goals are, and then what are the media outlets. Um, and the types of media that align with those
2: goals. Tell us more about types of media because you mentioned this and kind of like traditional and podcasts. Let's assume I know nothing about publicity, which honestly, I don't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> but what are the different types and where would you recommend you know someone get started?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I have this framework called the Publicity Pyramid. And I really believe at starting at the bottom and building your strong foundation. So at the bottom of the publicity pyramid, I call this your home base. So your home base is what, you know, your online home base is basically if someone Googles you, what comes up, right? Ideally, this is, you know, your website. Maybe these are your social media profiles, but these like prove that you're like a real person, right? And a real business owner. And maybe you've got a blog, you know, or a newsletter, so that's kind of like the foundation. Um, from there, the next level is guest posting, um, you know, writing online. And it's a natural extension of what maybe you are writing on your you know, social media accounts or on your blog. And so after you have, you know, been writing your ideas out. Then the next level would be podcast because now you're actually talking back and forth about your ideas. And then from there, you would go to magazines. um, And then from there, the final step would be TV. But each of these formats are very different. So like on a podcast interview, you could be talking for an hour on a TV interview. They may only need you for two to three minutes. You know, if you're on the Today Show, it's probably going to be like a short, like three minute segment. And so I like the idea first like writing out all your ideas explaining your expertise through words then like knowing how to actually talk about it and then finally knowing how to distill it into like these very tight sound bites
2: I feel like if you didn't have a pencil and paper out during that get it out now (laughs) That's it makes hearing it back like that I think it makes it so much more approachable right because I do think that it can feel overwhelming to get media and if you say okay we start at the bottom right do you have your own bio in your own social media account? Do you have your Mm -hmm. own website and a tagline? Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Are you posting blog posts or social media posts? You're getting your ideas and thoughts out. Then the next thing that you can do is start putting it on other people's platforms. And then from there, it just grows. I think that is a lot less intimidating than trying to get a slot on the today show.
0: (laughs) Yes. And just something to add, Shannon, you know, people don't have to necessarily work their way to the top of the publicity pyramid. Maybe they know, because like if you're going to be on a show like the Today Show that millions of people are watching at once, you really are targeting a mainstream audience. And for some people, maybe they have, you know, um, I don't know, like baby products or health products. And that is really for, you know, a larger audience. But if you're targeting like a very niche audience, or maybe you've got a very niche topic, like I teach about Facebook ads. The average person doesn't need to know about Facebook ads. Whereas topics like, say, relationship building or networking, well, that would apply to the stay-at-home mom, to the college student, to the entrepreneur. So that is like a broader expert topic um, that really could get every kind of media for. So sometimes I think people, like, they want to be in these elite publications or on these top TV shows, but does their expertise really match what that audience
1: needs?
2: This is so good. I feel like my mind is blown. I'm really excited for everyone to listen. Okay, so there, the first thing that you mentioned when you were talking about how to actually go about getting publicity is to just kind of get out of your own way, get yes. over your own fears. So what did you do? What would you recommend someone else does? Because it's, it's a lot easier to say, get over it, <laughs> than to actually work through those fears. So how does someone overcome those limiting beliefs and get out of their own way so they can get their message out?
0: Yeah. So one of the things to do is to start small. So don't try to pitch yourself for the biggest opportunities from the get-go. Think about do I have any low-hanging fruit? Perhaps you have a friend that started a brand new podcast and they would love to have a conversation with you. You've got this like great dynamic with your friend already. You know, a lot of us have opportunities in front of us, but we're like, oh, I don't want to bother that person or I'm not ready for that yet. Um, or maybe you have a friend that has been actually landing a lot of media and maybe they could give you some tips. Or give you some recommendations, um, or even connect you with some people that could put you on their platform. So I think starting small is huge. And also, when I would do my first couple podcast interviews, I would practice with people. And there's certain questions that people will ask consistently, like "How did you get started in your line of work? What are your top tips?" So you know, let's not be surprised like in these interviews. <laughs> but let's like practice a What's couple. My story. Yeah. And let's get some feedback. Now I don't have to practice because I've done like hundreds of interviews at this point. But I think in the beginning, it's really essential. And I remember when I did my first um, interview, and actually at that point, I don't think I had practiced. It was like very first first with um, a client who was like, I want to share you with my audience. I was so nervous. And I remember, you know, watching the recording afterwards, we were on Skype and I noticed like my eyes darting around. I was not smiling at all. I was speaking very quickly. And, um, I was in Toastmasters at the time, which is like this public speaking program and they teach you to count your filler words. And my, um, I had some interns at the time, so they were counting my filler words At one point, they were at like 137. And I was like, okay, you can just stop counting now. I get get it. it. We get it. (laughs) This was a train wreck. This was a disaster. This is so embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. I can't have anyone like listen or hear this interview. And one of my interns said to me, you know, Selena, honestly, I think it was good. I thought you did a really great job. And I was stunned. Like, whoa, I thought that was like the worst thing ever. But what if it actually was okay. And so I decided to share it with my audience. It was about, you know, like maybe two or 300 people on my email list at the time. And I sent it out, like so scared. And when I came back to my computer a little bit later, I had all these emails and people only had good things to say, like, wow, that's so exciting to see you on video. Like, Selena, you really have a way of connecting with people. And I love this story and that thing. And this was so valuable. And it just blew my mind. And so for me, it really made me realize that we are our own worst critic, right? We're always like, where did I screw up? Where could I have done better versus like recognizing what are we Actually, doing pretty well. Um, so that was one big lesson. And the second big lesson is that you know you only get better through imperfect action. So we may have like a vision of where we want to be. Maybe we've got someone that we admire and we see them gracing like the TEDx stage, or you know they're in these glossy magazines or on TV, and we compare ourselves to them. And we're like, yeah, I'm like nowhere near that. Um, but we have to remember that the way that they got to that level. Is that they did the work? Um, Maybe they invested in a public speaking coach. Maybe they signed up for a course on how to get that opportunity or how to like tell their story better. Right. So there was like a lot of work and time in between where they are right now. Um, So we can't really compare ourselves to you know other people. We have to work on just like you know getting to the next level for ourselves. Um, So those have been like really huge realizations. And you know, there's always going to be fear when you're getting started, but. I find that, you know, if you do like one little thing, right? Like one kind of safe interview with a friend and then you do the next one, you just gain more confidence over time. And then sometimes a thing that used to be the scariest thing for you can actually start to become second nature and it can feel very
2: empowering. I love that. There's a Ira Glass quote that I love where he talks about nobody tells people who are beginners that they're going to suck. <laughs> nobody that starts out as a beginner is any good. And the only way you get better is through a large volume of work and putting in the work and doing things that are bad and learning how to get better. And so there's a couple of things that you did. I mean, yes, you were frustrated that it wasn't perfect the first time, but you also listened for ways to make it better. You invested in toast makers. You were mm-hmm. focused on listening to the, re- I always listen to my interviews. I still hate it to this day, but that's how you get ah! better at yeah. figuring out, okay, I need to stop s- practice on my stuttering. And you said for you, it was speed, right? We all have our thing, but the only way you're going to get better is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. phenomenal advice. Um, While we're talking about, okay, getting past these fears, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making when they're trying to get into publicity?
0: Yeah, so I would say one of the biggest mistakes is they are pitching um, topics versus story ideas. So maybe they will pitch a media outlet and they'll say, hey, I can come on and talk about self-care. I can talk about... um, you know, I mean, whatever it is, like health, but it's like, okay, what what is the specific story idea? And so, when you're pitching, I think it's best to really present them with your story ideas in like a headline format. So someone's like, ooh, like if I was on a website, I would click on that, or if that was a podcast episode, I would download that ASAP, right? So really coming up with story ideas and kind of doing the work um, for the person you're pitching and like explain, like if you're like, oh, I'm gonna share like the the top three tips to XYZ, well then also in your pitch, share what those tips are because we might think, oh, you're just gonna say the same thing that everyone else has. Whereas maybe you might say creative or surprising or totally different um, that you know the podcast host would love to hear about.
2: That's such good advice, and I'm listening. You guys don't know this, but this is exactly what Selena did to us. Uh-huh. We've had, you know, a ton of guests on the show, and everyone's been phenomenal and gone through. We have a process on our end for you know yeah. getting our bios and everything, but we also have a podcast team that has to write titles and show yes. notes. And you literally sent over, here's three title ideas. Here's what the show notes can look like. And so it was so easy to say yes. So I can imagine mm-hmm. on the other side asking myself, okay, what do I need to send to make this an easy yes for them? What, what's the work that their team's going to ha- have to do to make this go live? And how can I take some of that burden off? Um, and I love that advice about titles that I would want to click on. That's mm-hmm. good. So much gold right there. Okay. um, I know we want to talk about the, you you were just showing me, you have a phenomenal calendar, publicity calendar. So talk me through how do we even go about, is this something we should be doing in our business every single day? How do we figure out when we should be pitching ourselves and talk us through the calendar and what that looks like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big things when you're pitching yourself to the media is they want a story that feels relevant right now. Um, And so the way that you do it is like you tie your story ideas to something that's timely. And so I have this, basically it's a 40 page publicity calendar. It's hundreds of different ideas, story ideas, special dates and hooks to make things relevant because during particular months, the media is looking for very specific story ideas on key things. Maybe Valentine's day is coming up or maybe it's, you know, women's history month or whatever it is. And if you can tie your story idea into what the media is already looking to cover, um, Um, then you're more likely to get a yes. So it's a completely free 40-page calendar and people um, can go ahead and download it on the show notes page. And yeah, I'm really excited because it's going to save people a lot of time and you'll know like every single month ideas that you could be pitching the media. Plus, I found that even like I was talking to an eight-figure entrepreneur the other day and she was like, I shared it with my whole team because we're going to use this to plan out like our social media newsletter content. So I'm excited for your people to check it
2: out. So she gave me a little sneak peek so I can confidently tell you guys this. It was incredible. <laughs> I had the exact same thought. I'm thinking, oh, we need to give this to our content team because so much so much of it is just that overwhelm, right? Like mm-hmm. thinking three months in advance, you know, a lot of times publicity takes time. You're not going to pitch yourself to a podcast, record it that week and have it go live the next week. And so to have the forethought to think about, okay, what can I be pitching one quarter from now? Or to give you another example, someone Mm -hmm. just pitched us a story that was how this entrepreneur grew their business during COVID, which is a perfect timely story. And we said it was just the fastest, easiest, yes. So I'm so excited for you guys to see that uh, resource and we'll link it up in the show notes. I want to talk a little bit longer, if you don't mind, around this storytelling piece, because I know a lot of people struggle with it. And you've just done such a phenomenal job. So can you explain a little deeper the difference between topics and stories and how do we find our stories? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you're thinking about your expert topics, it should ideally connect to what you are selling. Right. So for me, you know, um, I've had, I've also had a business mastermind at one point where, you know, maybe I'm advising people on how to grow their team or giving feedback on their webinar. But the thing is, that's not really what I want to be known for. Because when I look at my overall business model, what I'm doing is I'm helping people with publicity. I'm, you know, supporting my clients and students, whether they are an agency client or maybe they um, are in my Impacting Millions program. So if I'm like, okay, well, like 90% or 95% of my business is about publicity then i need to make sure that i'm talking about publicity even though there's other topics i could discuss right so that would be an expert topic for me um another expert topic is networking um because that topic also has mainstream potential and i can kind of get in more different places and i really believe that um relationship building and understanding people is such a big part of publicity so it kind of like goes beautifully together so everyone kind of get clear on what your expert topics are have at least two strong ones And then from there, think about what kind of story ideas make sense. Um, In general, like the media is looking for story ideas that are service driven versus like just promoting a product. But How is Mm -hmm. it going to add value? So there's a lot of like kind of formulas, like headline formulas, like the number one thing you need to know when it comes to X, Y, Z or the top three strategies, um, or the biggest mistake when it comes to X, right? So just like, and also think about if you have been working with clients one-on-one or in group programs, like what are people's biggest challenges? You could just, if you have a Facebook group post in there, like what is your biggest challenge when it comes to X? And people are like, my biggest challenge is this, 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 and this. Well, use that and then turn that into a story idea because you know, that's a really hot topic for people.
2: I love that. And it's also reverse marketing what you're offering and what you're selling. And so it makes sense to get out in the media. Something you did that made so much sense. I'm visualizing that triangle that you told us about previously with the different layers and you kind of had different expert topics depending on, so maybe your goal is to get get on the Today Show. There's different expert topics you're going to talk about than maybe in those like niche podcasts. Yeah. Um, and I imagine, I'm just inferring here, you might also want to look at your calendar and when you're launching Impact 8 millions, you're probably not talking as much about networking and talking really specifically mm-hmm. around publicity, but maybe yeah. the rest of the year you're kind of really building yourself up so that you do have that broader. Is that accurate?
0: I'm just Yeah. The other thing that uh, yeah, that is so accurate. The other thing I'll say, Shannon, is like when people are deciding whether to hire someone or join their program. They will Google them. And yes, they'll go to their website, of course, but they're also gonna look at what else comes up. And if you are on podcasts or on, you know, top websites, like that's gonna be one of the, you know, earlier search engine results. And people wanna feel like they're doing their homework. So I've honestly like I've had people listen to podcast episodes from three years ago. And be like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I really got to know you through that podcast, right? So that's also like, it's not just like the media logo, but the, the content that you're creating through podcasts or articles is actually building a deeper emotional connection with, you know, your ideal people. So by the time you have an offer, they're like, yes, like I'm ready. I want to do it. So that's just like another reason, like we need to kind of build that bigger body of work um, so that people trust us. And they're kind of already pre-sold. They're like, yep, I want in your program.
2: That's such good advice. I have honestly never even thought about it. But yeah, that's the first thing that I do when I buy things. I go and I Google and I see what comes up. And so this is an opportunity for you to write the story
1: right? To be in control of
2: the narrative. And if you want to be known for a certain thing, then this is an opportunity to pitch those stories and really become a thought leader. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been I want to go back and re-listen, take a million notes. This has been so phenomenal. How can they find out more about your impacting millions as well? Tell us a little bit more about the course. Well, they should, yeah. So I'll tell you a bit more about the course. We only open it up one time a year.
0: Um, doors open on March 30th and they close on April 6th. But if they download the publicity calendar, they're going to get announcements. Or if they go to my website, selinasu.com, and sign up, they'll know when doors are opening. But basically, we help people really figure out what is their unique media strategy, their publicity strategy, what's going to move the needle in their business based on their business model and the offers they have. And then we show them exactly like how to you know how to get these different features, whether it is landing top podcasts or writing for top websites or being a featured guest in someone's program. And then we also show them how to leverage their media because we need to make sure that you're really like maximizing it and building it into your brand. So that's what we do in Impacting Millions. And um, throughout the program, every month, we've got calls where they can get feedback on their story ideas and pitches. And we've had people that have joined Impacting Millions that have... Like literally, they got into Oprah Magazine. They've gone on the Today Show. They've gotten on Top Podcast. Um, so, you know, it's amazing when you learn these skills because once you learn them, you never forget them. And you can always use that to grow your business. And who doesn't want more people knowing about their business or talking about
2: them? Exactly. And just to go back to the very beginning, what you said, you know, you if you have this talent and a gift to share what what better way than to get it in front of more people through publicity and this is something that you can be working on it can be small it doesn't have to be all the time Um, that really makes a big difference in your business so thank you so much for coming on the show we will link up your publicity calendar in the show notes and more information about impacting millions it's been such a pleasure having you on thank you
1: Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast why you love listening, screenshot the review, and email it to hello at CEOschoolpodcast.com, and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class.